Welcome once again to another fantastic episode of the Business Creators Radio Show. We help business creators like you win at the game of business and marketing so you can thrive from your intersection of your brilliance and your passion and make a difference for your community, market, and audience. Please take a moment and visit our website, www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com. You'll find hundreds of episodes covering a breadth and depth of topics relevant to you as a business creator and links to subscribe via your favorite network so you get fresh episodes delivered straight to you. And now, here's today's episode. Let's get started. My name is Adam Homie. I'm your host, and I am honored by your wise decision to tune in and invest in yourself today. We are coming to you from the sumptuous living room of my Las Vegas apartment, which is one of our many studio locations. The Business Creators Radio Show takes you to those places where you have some of those profound inspirations from being a part of or sitting in on mastermind conversations. And where do they take place? They happen in coffee shops. They happen in cigar shops. They happen at the networking function before or after the seminar. They happen at the cafe. They happen while you're walking down the street. They happen when you're chatting with somebody on Messenger at 2 o'clock in the morning and suddenly you discover the solution to the world's problems. And what happens when you have these discoveries? Sometimes you hear ambiance around you. Maybe there are chirping birds, cars driving by, chatter in the background. So we go where you go to find that intersection of your brilliance and your passion. And we also exemplify the fact that entrepreneurship, business, and success are not a Monday through Friday, nine to five thing. In fact, some of the greatest stuff happens outside of that time period. What we're going to do today, and I encourage everybody, get a pad of paper and two pens out because you're going to get some aha moments on this one. We have somebody who I've wanted to have on the Business Creators Radio Show ever since its inception eight and a half years ago. And it's taken us almost this long to get this guy. And when I reveal his name, you're going to say, ah, him. He's a name that actually has come up in conversations I've had at cigar shops. He's known globally for his work when it comes to trust-based selling, and he is here to help you unlock the game. Oh, I think I just revealed it. Ari Gulper. So let me just tell you a little bit about him. As I mentioned, world's number one authority on trust-based selling it has been featured in CEO Magazine, Forbes, Inc. Magazine, Sky News, and the Australian Financial Review. Ari has created a unique and different sales approach based on trust and integrity called Unlock the Game, designed so that the dreaded act of chasing and the painful experience of rejection is eliminated forever, a feat never thought possible until now. There is so much more you're going to discover, and Ari's going to tell you himself. Ari, come on in. The weather's fine. Thank you, Adam. Appreciate it. It's been a long time. Absolutely. Great to have you here. Now, I'm not sure if you've had a chance to check out any of our episodes, but what we do here is I read off the official bio, and yours is so impressive. I'm not sure I'm worthy to be here, even though this is my show. <laughs> and uh, and uh, t- let's have you tell a bit of the story and tell it from the perspective of how your personal journey has brought you to your intersection of your brilliance and your passion through which you serve entrepreneurs. Sure. Well, look, it starts with a story that happened to me about 20 years ago, and it's really the origin story behind trust-based selling. And I think you'll probably appreciate this. Yeah. Uh, I used to be a sales manager in a software company, and we, we launched the first online website tracking data collection tools. Now it's called um, Google Analytics. But back then, we were the first one out of the gate with that that product, that tool. Uh-huh. And I was managing 18 people underneath me at the time. 
And the big opportunities came across my desk, the big leads. And this one contact called in. I got the phone call. Big company, lots of websites. They're looking to our product as a solution for their company globally. And I was pretty excited. If I close this one sale, it would double the revenue in one transaction. That's how big it was. So the day finally came and we agreed to a conference call Friday afternoon, 4 o'clock in the afternoon. I'm in my conference room with my CEO. I closed the door behind me. On the table is a big old school speakerphone. You know, the three legs on it, the Star Trek looking yep. speakerphones. And I had the dial tone. I dialed the number. He picks it up. He's like, hey, Ari, how's it going? I said, good. And and uh, I introduced myself to him. And he remembered who I was. And, and he says to me, Ari, let us tell you who's with us in the phone line today. I said, great. Next thing I hear is, my name is Mike. I'm CEO. I was like, ooh, this is good. My name is Chris. I'm head of global IT. Perfect. My name is Julian. I'm head of marketing. Amazing. I mean, everybody on this call was a decision maker. If it's going to happen, it's going to happen today. Right. So I introduced myself, explained what we do, explained the product, and we all logged into the web, and I showed them a live demo of their websites being collected in real time to show them how it looks like to see their statistics. And I'm showing this to them, and I started hearing this noise on the phone call, like, wow, this is great. This is, this is amazing. This is fantastic. They started asking me all kinds of questions. How does it work? How do we install it? How does technology work? And, of course, I had all the answers. You know, I was trained in the product and I was student of selling and I was answering questions back and forth. There was so much chemistry on this phone call, Adam. It was like a love fest on the phone. Uh -huh. you know, like, it, it just felt so right. It just oh, They got the questions. I got the answers. It was great. Hour goes by. They're loving it. Call comes to an end. My contact says to me, Ari, this is great. We love it. Look, give us a call a couple of weeks. Follow up with us and we'll move this thing forward and i was like oh what a perfect end to a call i was so excited mm -hmm. and i said my goodbyes i took my hand to reach for the speaker the off button on the speakerphone and by complete accident i hit the mute button instead of the off button and a small click happened and they thought i hung up the phone and that split second a voice inside of me said ari go to the dark side be a fly in the wall go where no one's ever gone in the world of sales before so i pulled my thumb back for a couple of seconds they started talking amongst themselves, thinking I had left the call. Now, this uh -huh. is not a trick question. It's not a trick question, Adam. You may even know the story, but what would you? What would you? Oh, I, oh I I know this story. I know this story, but I'm going to give an intentional wrong answer. Uh, the intentional wrong answer is they said, "Get Ari back on the phone right now and tell us where to send the money." That's what you'd expect. You'd expect yeah. at least semi-positive things, like, "Hey, this looks great," you know, something positive, but. Let me share with you what I, what I heard verbatim, word for word. It changed my life. That's why we're here today. They said this. They said, we're not going to go with him. Keep using him for more information and make sure we shop someplace else cheaper. Knife and heart twist. Adam, I was in a state of shock. I couldn't believe it. I, I, I snapped out of it, hit the off button, put the wall, and I said to myself, what did I do wrong? I was friendly, I was competent, I was professional, I answered questions, I did everything by the sales books I was supposed to do. And the first big epiphany hit me, and that was this. You can tell me what you think about this. But somewhere along the way, it has become socially acceptable not to tell the truth to people who sell, right? Yep. It's okay to say things like, sounds good, send me information. We're definitely interested. Wait, send us a proposal without any intention of moving forward. 
Oh, as soon as I as soon as I hear send me a proposal, I hear the bomb falling. <laughs> exactly. <Yeah. laughs> And, and that's when I realized there's a game going on here, you know, and it's dysfunctional. Why are we stuck chasing these people who don't call us back? Why is this happening? And I realized there is this invisible river of pressure that's embedded underneath every step of your sales process you have with someone. If you aren't aware of it, and you don't have the skills to remove the pressure from the process to build trust with people. You'll always be stuck in that game, always chasing ghosts, playing the numbers game. And getting caught up in that dysfunctional play with people. And that's just wrong. And I decided to change that whole approach 20 years ago with what I call Unlock the Game, which is a new way of thinking, a new approach and mindset shift where your goal is not to focus on the sale anymore. The goal is to build what I call a moment of vulnerability with people where they feel comfortable trusting you and telling you the truth of where they stand. So you don't have to play the game anymore and chase ghosts in your career and lose opportunity and, you know, chisel your soul in the process. And that became the whole premise behind uh, our approach uh, that's changed so many people's lives over the years. Yeah. And I remember when you and I first connected, it was actually in the year 2006, if I remember correctly. And I got a little bit of exposure to unlock the game and I thought it was really fascinating. Now, what has changed between 2006 and today? You mentioned the three-legged speakerphone. And uh, that takes me to my main point, telephones. Back in 2006, we had an internet. We had Skype. We had the ability to chat. We had uh, the ability to video chat and do all this other stuff. Uh, email was a thing. Texting had come into its own. But over the past 15 years, we've had such an evolution away from the use of the telephone as a telephone. I think we've all heard the old joke of, I needed my phone to stop ringing so I could start using it again because that's what smartphones have done for us. So I have various statistics I've read that show, and I'm not going to get too deep into this. In fact, I encourage everybody to do their own research, that in today's business environment, if you call somebody and your caller ID, if you're calling from a phone number that's known to them, shows up on their ID, there is something like an 80% chance that they will not answer, and even though they know who you are, and there's at least a 50% chance that they will not call you back. They will wait for you to try again, or they may text you and say, saw you called, what's up? And never listen to your voicemail. In fact, some major companies, Coca-Cola comes to mind, are in the process of getting rid of voicemail because so few people use it. It's going away. So when it comes to this combination of so many people don't answer their phones, and I know I'm starting at the very beginning here, combined with voicemail starting to even phase out, how do we reach people to even begin this process? Well, as you know, the world has changed since then, and now people uh, are using other mediums like LinkedIn, uh, uh -huh. email, social media. So there are, other, there are other avenues back into the conversation that are now opening. But what's interesting about this, when you say what's changed, what hasn't changed is that no matter what new mediums open up to connect with people, people are still using the old traditional approach to connect with people. Look at your LinkedIn inbox right now. Oh, I'd, ra I'd, ra I'd rather not. There are about three conversations in there that I want to look at, and one of them is the one between you and me. Yeah, there, there's spam offers in there. There's people saying, hey, let's get together. I don't know if you know. The people are cold calling through LinkedIn. They're using the same way of thinking, the same approach, making assumptions, making offers. 
and not knowing how to build trust first. And that's what's not changed. What has not changed is that entrepreneurs, business owners are still selling the old way through new mediums. They have not upskilled themselves on how to connect with people at a deep level. They haven't learned how to shift away from sales mode to doctor-patient model mode, where you're diagnosing their problem to see if they're fit or not. We're still stuck in this old conditioning that our goal is to hit the numbers game, push out our offer, and close our eyes and hope it sticks. It's interesting to see that so many years I've been doing this now that now Trust is as lowest as ever been in a long time in the world of business, but people still are sleepwalking themselves through the sales process, selling the old way with the old approach and the old languaging. I'll give you an example. Please do. You know, I, 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 here's a great example. I tell people, I said, look, do me a favor, remove this phrase forever from your vocabulary as if they never use it again. And that's the phrase follow up. Because follow-up is a sales word from 1980s. People still call and say, hi, I'm calling to follow-up. Remember the older ones like uh, touching base or checking in? Circling back. Is Circling one. back, yeah. exactly. Those are all still languaging elements that connect us to the negative sales per stereotype. So instead, what you say is this, based on our approach, you say, I'm just giving you a call to see if you have any questions. Feedback. Feedback. Oh, Oh, you stumped me. Any feedback on our last meeting? Any feedback on our proposal? See, feedback is not going forwards. Feedback is going backwards, away from the sale. See, we're so conditioned to move somebody from point A to point B to point C. When you do that, you put pressure on people subtly, and they don't like it. They, they know you're playing a game with them. When you go the reverse, take the pressure out and build trust with people, and change your languaging with this way of thinking, you you can get a huge conversion rate improvement and not play the numbers game anymore. Wow. See, that was revelational to me. I, I knew your story about the speakerphone thing because I remember that from 15 years ago. But I, you stumped me. I thought it was any questions. It's any feedback. That's interesting. I'm almost thinking of trying that on dating sites, believe it or not, because you, you I, found, I found that the two things are so similar. And let me just give you some perspective on that that may tie into entrepreneurship. Like currently, and maybe somebody's listening to this from three years from now, and you'll know that at that point, I may have found the woman of my dreams and we're now engaged, what have you. But here in 2022, I'm right swiping like a fiend, right? And how many times can you come up with a personalized message that reflects you actually read her profile and are a decent guy. Now, let's look at some statistics in that industry. Depending on what dating platform you're looking at, whether it's uh, Tinder, POF, Bumble, eHarmony, Match, what have you, there is a ratio of somewhere between 7 to 1 to 9 to 1 of males to females. And yet these platforms need to keep the females on in order to keep their business model going. That, that's just, I'm just looking at statistics here. I'm not making any judgments about genders or anything like that. I'm just looking at numbers that are right in front of me. Now, what happens is women get so inundated with the quote-unquote nice guys or the guys who actually do take the time to create a personalized message that it gets buried beneath all the copy pasta, between all the blank swipes and what have you, so then 
what happens when you have your inbox and it shows a bunch of outgoing messages that are unreplied to? So now I'm thinking, hey, could you give me some feedback? I don't know if that's a direct correlation, but it just struck me for a moment. And for years, I've been studying the correlations between dating and sales because they're substantially the same thing when you think about it. Yeah. Yeah. What this, this really is about trust-based communication, Adam. Right. That's just telling. This is about how to connect with human beings without a hidden agenda, how they can lower their guard and trust you. This is, this is for people who are trustworthy in themselves. And interesting enough, people say to me, Ari, I'm already trust oriented. I am integrity based. And they play the recordings for me of their sales calls. And I'm like, are you kidding me? The language uh-huh. you're using, your approach is like 1980s, circa 80. You don't have, you're sleepwalking right now, not even aware of your own behavior, of your own languaging, of the impression you're giving by the way you're saying things to people. Right. I'll give you an example. Please. So let's say you have a sales conversation with someone, a prospect for a first call. The call is going well, good chemistry, good opportunity for yourself, for them as well. The call comes to a close. Usually we're trained in sales to do what? We're trained to say things like, hey, how about we hop go to on a call step. real quick or whatever. Hop on a call, have a cup of coffee, uh-huh. do a demo. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you've checked me out, you've, you may have seen my analogy about how that cup of coffee costs you $1,500 and gets you no sale. Yeah, so we're, we're conditioned to move things forward. But what happens if you attempt to move things forward in the beginning they aren't ready yet? What do you break with them right there in that process, very early in your process? Yeah, well, if they're, not ready to, if they're not ready to move, your engine's going to try and pull forward. Their wagon's just going to sit there, and the chain's going to snap. You break trust immediately. So same scenario, but our mindset and our approach. Call is going well, good chemistry. Call comes to an end. Right, and saying, hey, how about we move forward? What we say instead is this. We say, where do you think we should go from here? Okay. Let and I'll say it again. In. Where do you think we should go from here? Right. Now, how does that change the dynamic of the moment? What's happening there? When you say to somebody, where do you think we should go from here? Okay. I, I, I took a moment and I allowed myself to absorb that in the view of being the prospect in the conversation. And it made me feel like, at least to a degree that I was being invited to become a co-participant in the process rather than an object of it. I was shifting the power to you. And when you say to somebody, where do you think we should go from here? And there's silence at the end of that. They're usually in a state of shock. They can't believe somebody in business would actually ask them what they want to do. This is unheard of. Wow. And when you say that to someone, they, they usually respond with, well, I, I, I've got one more question. Or what about this? You know what comes out? The truth. The truth was on their mind, really. And that's your goal. Your goal is to build trust with people early in your process. So they feel comfortable telling you the truth. So you're not chasing ghosts anymore. Yeah, I certainly don't want to chase ghosts anymore. And where do you think we should go from here? I'm just, again, laying that play through my mind. And I may be looking at this from a different angle than you are, but what's all already jumping out at me is that gives somebody a convenient off-ramp if 
now is not the time, while at the same time allowing them to see that there's another ramp right across the street from it that'll bring them right back on they can comfortably zoom up to whenever they are ready. In the meantime, I can check back and ask them if they have any feedback on our previous conversation. Am I, starting to put, am I starting to put this together? Yep. Those who are not a fit will exit. Is exactly what you want. Yeah. You're, you should be the one selecting them, not them selecting you. You need a filter system so you're not chasing everything that moves within your zone. Because a lot of things will move within your zone. And as I discovered when I launched the podcast reach system a little over a year ago, and for the first time ever in my business, candidly, having been in business for almost 20 years, this is the first time that I was really striking out on my own, developing my own client base. Until Up until that point, everything had either been referrals or the same clients, and God bless them and I love them, kept coming with me through every evolution of my business. This is my first time doing it on my own, and I found a lot of folks love to talk to salespeople, like they like in that movie Glenn Gary Glenn Ross, and the, I think it's the Nyborgs or what have you. They just like to talk to salespeople. Yep. And maybe the time's not right for that conversation. So what I'm hearing is give them a way to off-ramp if they're going to be a ghost for now. But at the same time, show them another on-ramp which they can bring their feedback whenever it feels better for them. And take the pressure out of the conversation. Don't move them forward. See, when you create momentum with someone who doesn't know you trust you yet, it's over. Their guard is up and they're just playing the game with you. You think you got something, but you don't. Yeah. Why not get the truth up front rather than play games with people? I would rather get the truth up front because one of my sayings is say no to success. And another one, which is almost as corollary, is every no creates a yes. Because if I because let's say, let's say you are my prospect and you told me no, then you know what? That's really cool because then what's going to happen is is you're going to find your yes much faster, and I'm going to find my yes much faster. In the meantime, we're still friends, and we may be allies, but we was, we're, we're not designed for that mutual yes at that point in time. Correct. Yeah. So I want to make sure we cover all these. Uh, you mentioned in the green room three sales myths we need to confront. So I'm not sure if we've hit all three of them yet, but I want to well, make sure we do. Let's cover them now. The first one is a classic one, which is sales is a numbers game. Right, the whole idea of the more the more contacts you make, the more sales you're supposed to make. Well, we discovered it's not about how many contacts you make anymore. It's about how good you are at building trust with people, not how good you are, how many contacts you make. The and second, and, 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 and yeah. even in this conversation, I probably use the term numbers game because it's so ingrained. I know. It's an yeah. old, old conditioning we're still using in 2022. It's amazing. The other one is the idea that the sale is lost at the end of the process. That's what we believe. You know, you've been there before. You had a deal penny just kind of fell through at the end. You're like, what happened? Well, it turns out that we discovered the sales not lost anymore at the end of the process. It's now lost at the beginning, at hello. When you call someone and say, hi, my name is, I'm with, we are a, what goes through your mind in about three seconds? Salesperson. It's over at hello. And I'm not suggesting your folks are making outbound calls, but I'll make the case here that you're losing your opportunities, not at the end of your process. You're losing them at the beginning. And the last one is a big one, the idea of rejection. 
The rejection is part of the game. You got to be thick skinned. You got to be tough. You got to take a no. Well, it turns out we discovered that rejection is actually triggered by certain things you say and do unconsciously that triggers them to play the game with you, like follow up. You know, all that stuff we're so chasing people, emailing everyone. It's it's amazing how we're still sleepwalking the old way. Yep. And you know what just occurred to me is seeing statistics, and I'm thinking of one from the auto insurance agency specifically. And I I don't have it right in front of me, but I think it's something like the typical auto insurance salesperson or agent fails to follow up with something like 74% of their leads. And I can see why. Because all this emailing, following up, circling back, it's just exhausting. They would rather stay on the verge of broke than have to put themselves through this damn torture. Correct. It's, it's really dehumanizing. Yeah, that's an epiphany I had just now. Because I never understood it. I'm thinking, well, can't you just hire somebody to make the calls for you or hire somebody to log into your LinkedIn for you and voice you? But yep. it's to the point where they don't even want to do that because it feels so futile. Correct. It yeah, is. so we lost, the, we lost the sale right at the very beginning. Well, I'll tell you, that is certainly something right there. And so I see all these scripts, and I think you know what I'm talking about because you're in this industry that teach you how to make, leave a proper voicemail message, how to properly introduce yourself on the phone. And I'm already thinking, ah! Exactly. Every so often. And I, yeah, I know you're on, you know, you and I are connected on LinkedIn. I imagine you're probably on Facebook and some other platforms too. And I don't know if you've noticed a phenomenon, but every so often, those of us who are, you know, do the things that we do start getting waves of friend requests. And sometimes it's from people in the, uh, in the business coaching industry. Sometimes it's from people in the fitness industry. We'll use fitness for an example. I think there's some organization out there that every so often releases a class of new students. And I get the same DM from 10 people in a row. Hey man, just want to let you know, I'm a, I'm a buff fitness guru. I, I, I bench 240 and you look like a rad dude. So what are your fitness goals? Now, if somebody took two minutes to scan the surface of my Facebook profile, they would see repeated posts from me about how I'm working on getting into shape, but it's actually not my top priority. And if they had just checked that out, they would know that maybe a different way of approaching things might be, oh, I don't know, pretty much literally anything else. So if I'm in a well, snarky, so if I'm a snarky, so I'm in a snarky mood, I'll reply to them and say, um, my fitness goals are fitness rich chocolate cake into my mouth what could that what they could say to you if they had our approach they could say to you would you be open would you be open to some different ideas that Uh might help you in some way related to your fitness goals well let me tell you what it is ari the issue is is i'm going to tell you a little bit of a story and, and our listeners have heard this before Last October or so, I decided that I needed a thorough image maker on both 
image makeover on both the business and the personal. I hired a professional image consultant, one of the few certified image consultants in Las Vegas. She went with me as my personal shopper. We completely redesigned my wardrobe and I threw my entire previous wardrobe away. Then I paid $1,600 to have a photographer shoot me 181 times in downtown Las Vegas to create a portfolio. I had people tell me that I shouldn't do any of that until I optimized my body shape or what have you. But my thing was, is my image and my branding were so incongruent. I felt like I didn't fit my own name in places where I was trying to go on both the business and personal. That was my, that was my first thing to fix. And as far as the fitness thing, I realized I'll get there. And Hey, after I drop 40 pounds, it'll be time to update the wardrobe anyway. So whatever. And I'll just have her come and do another photo shoot all the same to me, but I wasn't waiting for that. So the idea of going to the gym, my lifestyle just precludes that. Uh, I recognize that I'm sometimes a little too sedentary and I'm working on that. Uh, I find ways to get active. Like just the other night, I helped somebody move. Uh, it wasn't the most fun thing in the world, although you know, she's a good friend of mine and I enjoyed being of help, service to my friend. But part of, the, part of my driver for doing it, it was as an opportunity to get really active. So I'm looking for things like that to do it gradually. So to approach me, you're going to have to, and you're going to have to ask a question like, would you be open to a new way? Cause I'm not going to count calories. I'm not going to deny myself culinary thrills in Las Vegas, the hottest city in America with more cool restaurants than any place in the world, except maybe Paris. And I'm not going to make an hour and a half to go run around a track. I uh, may do a few nature walks a week. So show me what I can be open to. So That's with right. that, so with, so with that, you can see how the copy pasta is not going to work. You can see there's a way to reach me, but it's not by telling me I got a bench more. Yeah, I think the approach has to change. That's for yeah. sure. Yeah, so one of the early exposures I had uh, to you, and this is something that has really stood the test of time, is unlock the game. So what are some of the core principles to unlocking the sales game, if we haven't touched on them already? And even if so, a way of summarizing this so that our listeners can truly understand how this all works. Well, briefly, uh, I mentioned before the idea of taking the pressure out. Principle yep. number one is how to take the pressure, take, always take the pressure out of the conversation right. using trust-based right. languaging. That's what, you know, would you be open? Where should we go from here? All that stuff. Then the second one is the classic one, which is get to the truth of the people. Right. Build that. Tr I'll give you a quick story around this as we finish this off. Uh, I recently had a call from an outside inbound call, got to my team, got through them, got to me. Unexpected phone call. I picked the phone up and I hear Mr. Galper. I said, yeah. And he says, I'm, my name is John Johnson. Changed the name. I'm with XYZ Company. Big company. We're looking to bring someone in like yourself to change your sales culture and our performance. We're looking at you and two other people. We'd like to know, first of all, why should we go with you? Why the best? And give me your best sales pitch. Sell me this pen. Go ahead. He says, he says this to me. <laughs> Inbound call, you know? So... Um, a big company, by the way. So I took a deep breath, got back to my, centered my approach. I lowered my voice and I said this to him. I said, well, isn't that interesting? Wow. And I paused for a minute, let it breathe. Then I said to him, 
Over here at our company, we have a similar process to you where we ask them questions, gather information to see if we're a good fit. And if we're a good fit, we decide where to go from there. And I said to him, would you be open to that? Wow. That's all I said to him. Then Adam dead silence, not a word from him. Then I, I felt this, he actually breathed. I felt his breath across the phone. He goes, <sighs> he lowers his voice and his shoulders came down. I can feel it. He kind of became human again. And he lowers his voice and he says to me, um, okay, what kind of questions do you have for me? Mm-hmm. Next thing I know, in, in five minutes, I discover, one, he's not a decision maker. Two, he has no budget. And three, he's just curious as to what I do. So you've essentially brought out his truth. Yep. And you've given him you've given him an off-ramp that he can exit with confidence. Yeah, off he went to some of my videos online and I hung up the phone. Now, what did my process just save me months of? Months of chasing a ghost. Yep. Pursuing, chasing, exhaustion, resources, and actually this drug in our bodies, and it's triggered with inbound calls like that. You know what the drug is called? Please tell it's me. Called, it's called hopium. You know the hopium. hopium. <laughs> <laughs> I I think I I think I have taken a few doses of that. <laughs> yeah, we all and have. Le- and, le- and let me let me tell you the 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 aftertaste and side effects can be <laughs> brutal. In yeah. fact, in fact, I'm not one who really drinks much alcohol at all in my life. I have maybe a glass of Lafroig now and then, but I can tell you that uh, one time. The only way that I was able to treat the side effects of hopium was to just absolutely chug half a bottle of Captain yeah. Morgan because that is a brutal, right. brutal thing. And especially if you get dose after dose after dose of hopium that does not lead you to that high of the closed deal. Correct. And let me ask you that question. I want to get your thoughts on this. We, and, I've, and I've heard different things about this. Is the metaphor of closing the deal even appropriate? Uh, not in our world. We don't have to close a deal because the deal closes by itself if you build trust the right way from the beginning. Yeah. One thing that I've been familiar with for a while here is your idea of what's called the one call sale. So this is not a stepwise process. This is not going through three different conversations, having to book one call after the other. And the one thing I really like about it is how is stopping giving away the free consulting in my podcast, reach literature. I tell you that the free, the free strategy session is like the bane of relationship building. Yeah. So uh, the the one call sale process is designed to compress your sales cycle from multiple steps into one single conversation, assuming it's scheduled and assuming it's a a Zoom call with someone who's qualified. Right. Uh, And and it's a whole doctor patient relationship model where you're diagnosing their problem. You're not trying to build a relationship with them at all. You know how you go to, to a doctor, they don't try to become your friend. They yep. just focus on your problem. It's the same concept here because we, over the years, have been tr- trained to believe that our job is to get them to like us first, to get them to get to know us first, build a friendship first. Well, the problem with that is that, one, they know it's fake. Two, they don't want to become your friend. And three, 
They only want their problem solved. And what do we do? Oh, hey, how's it going? How's the weather outside? Hey, great. Where are you from? And we play all these uh, games with people. Uh, you, know, you, know, you know, I'm so introverted that they had to make a new category on the left-hand side of the spectrum. And you caused me a, a, a very adverse reaction with all that. Like, yes, do I have to? I have to have the small talk, please? No more small talk. When doctors meet with you, do they say to you, become your friend? They know if they mix social norms and business norms and chit-chat that you will not comply with their request. I so, remember, yeah, I yeah. remember um, last year, another part of my makeover was I got new spectacles. And, uh, the, you know, the staff in the office were all pretty cool people. And then the doctor walks in, the actual optometrist walks in. Uh, you know, he's, he's very dry. He's very laconic. Um, he didn't even ask me how I was doing. He just nodded and made sure he had my name right. And then he launched right into his presentation, having looked at all the results from all the scans they did and and yeah. the exam and everything. And uh, he gave me his recommendation of what frames I should get and what I should do with the lenses. And he presented me two options and explained it to me. He said, out of these two, which one would you prefer? Uh -huh. and that was basically the entire conversation. Then when I got this new prescription, which is some kind of revolutionary thing, I don't know the name of it. Uh, you know, my my sort of girlfriend at the time teased me and told me they were bifocals, which actually, if she's listening right. to this right now, God forbid, if she actually still is paying attention to me, they're not exactly bifocals, but they do have that thing where even though there aren't lines, there are four different prescriptions within each lens. Four, sure. not two. So when I first had yeah. this on and I was walking down the street, I felt like I was back at Penn State on Thursday night having come in all the bars at 2.30 in the morning. That's how bad uh, it was. And when I, uh, called, when I called the office to say, guys, I don't know about this. All I know is they went and they spoke with the optometrist. And uh, they said, all right, we spoke with the optometrist. And he said, look, if you've ever played baseball, you know that when you get your new cleats, you don't just go right up to the bat wearing your new cleats. You walk around in them some. So you got to just walk around in those glasses. And and then they added, that's all the doctor really has to say to you. Give it two weeks. Uh -huh. So he wasn't even trying to empathize with me. He was actually just trying to get me to try the prescription. And lo and behold, he was right. It worked out just fine. Right. Yeah. And so I actually came to appreciate that in a sense that he didn't try and ask me if I like sports or fly fishing or anything like that. He just wanted my eyes to work. Sure. Yeah. I appreciate that. So I it's the same point. Same, same idea here is that trust is built when other people feel that you understand them. They don't care about you in the beginning of the process at all. So we made the mistake of over chumming it up in the beginning and that extends the whole process and now you're friends and they don't feel any obligation to move forward at all. Wow. That is, that is certainly something because at this point, now we're not really talking business. We're buddies now. And, that, yeah. and, that, and, that, and that's, and that's a funny thing. And I, and I learned this, I made friends with somebody, God rest his soul. And he actually became one of my really good close friends in life who was a, who uh -huh. was a, who was a top 40 musician back in the eighties. And I, when wow. I met him, I thought, oh, cool. If I could land this guy as a client, that'd be really awesome. And he even asked me to send me my business stuff and to take a look at it and things like that. And I tried three times after I met him the first time to contact him with conversation about business. And I did not get any uh -huh. reply for him. And finally, I tried a different tack. On December 26th, I just emailed him and I said, 
Hey, man, uh, just wanted to wish you and your family a Merry Christmas and a great holiday season. By the way, I'll be in L.A. Uh, January 28th, 29th, and 30th, just letting you know. And then that one, yeah. he replied back five minutes later, and he said, hey, pal, when you're in L.A., here's my cell phone number. Just let me know. We'll hang out. Uh-huh. So that was actually one of the revelational things about him is he didn't really want to talk business, although he expressed an interest in my business. And it just occurs to me that sometimes conversations that we may have at networking functions where we have the looking at each other's name tags and exchanging business cards. And so, Ari, what do you do? It leads to an artificiality where the frame is we're going to talk business, but is that really going to get you clients? I don't think so. Correct. Yeah. I tell so, my clients, build a relationship after the sale, not before the sale. Right. So how does Ari handle networking functions when he has to go to them? Well, I try and focus on them, not me. Yeah. I, don't, I just talk say, what what's happening with you? What are your challenges this year? What's going on? You know, what's, okay. what's the story? What's, I, I don't, I, I, get, I deflect off of me as much as possible. Right. That's what I thought you were going to say. See, when people ask me, what do I do? I do something similar as I adroitly as possible steer the conversation back to what are their challenges? What what do they need help with? What are they trying to achieve? Because candidly, I mean, yeah, we know that my primary business is the podcast reach system. And I also have the Business Creators Institute, which I do private business consulting. But the fact is, it doesn't freaking matter until I know how you need served and how I can be a benefit to you. And then I can make the decision to show you that I can fit into that or not. Yes. Which again, avoids a ghost. Correct. Yeah. So I love this. And you know, you've given us so much. I think this is actually probably a goody, pretty good place to jump off here, but let me just ask one final question before I introduce uh, and tell people where to go to learn more about you. Tell us Ari, uh, you know, for somebody right now who's really frustrated with their experiences, with their current results, and are having that sense of, you know, I don't follow up on 74% of my leads because I'm just not that much of a masochist. What would you tell them to just get them right now to start looking at this a little bit differently? Look, I'll leave you with this concept. Stop selling and learn how to build trust instead. And you eliminate and erase all these problems and all these questions you have struggling to get yourself out of this hole that you put yourself in. And this requires, you know, an admission of the truth to yourself to realize the problem isn't the lack of opportunity out there. The problem is the approach you're still using. Think about it. They got a problem. You got a solution, right? Straight line of sight. What happens in the middle of that? We step in and fumble the ball. We're the problem, not them. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So for all of our listeners, do check out Ari Golper's website. Unlock, it's www.unlockthegame.com. Some of you who are listening to this may have been to that website before. And even if you've been there before, check it out again. I've been following this website since 2006. I check on it like every year or so just to see what's new. And it has evolved so much. And there are so many more great things there. Just a couple of things that I really enjoy are uh, Ari's Stump the Guru podcast. I think that's really 
really fun. It looks like it's a relatively new thing, at least at this recording, but I'm going to be checking out a couple of these. Like, uh, it's going to be pretty interesting for me. Also, you're going to see R of Ari's books, including the new one about the one call sale that's coming out and lots of great resources for you. So again, that's www.unlockthegamerightnow. And one thing you'll also find is there is a way that you can actually connect with Ari's team. And here's just one fun, fun thing I remember about you. And I remember when I uh, was speaking with some of the people on your team, maybe 15 years ago, uh, and they explained to me that you are one of those rare entrepreneurs who actually has people who answer the live chat feature on the website 24 hours a day. In fact, one of them even gave me the, le- the, the lowdown of how they would do the handoff over chat from one to the other. So, yeah, yeah and you were, and you were, as I recall, you were a pioneer in website live chat. I think yours was chat-wise. Yeah, sure was. That's why I applied my current approach, but to a different medium. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. I remember that. So again, with, yep. with yeah, so again, for our listeners, with Ari, somebody's, Ari is somebody you want to stick with in terms of the long game. So again, that's www.thoughtunlockthegame.com. Ari Gopper, thank you so much for being with us today. It's been an honor and believe me, an education. A pleasure, Adam. Good to talk to you again. We trust you enjoyed today's episode of the Business Creators Radio Show. Check out our previous and upcoming episodes on our website at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com. While you're there, be sure to subscribe via your favorite network so you get fresh episodes delivered straight to you. Until next time, have a great day. Take care.